Section 5 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 6 by Giorgio Vasari. Translated by Gaston Ducy de Verde. Section 5 lives of fra giocondo liberale and other craftsmen of verona part five fano veronese a very rare painter in his day as has been related had a brother german called giovanni antonio who although he learned to paint from that same stefano nevertheless did not become anything more than a mediocre painter as may be seen from his works of which there is no need to make mention to this Giovanni Antonio was born a son, called Jacopo, who likewise became a painter of commonplace works, and to Jacopo was born Giovanni Maria, called Falsonetto, whose life we are about to write, and Giovanni Antonio. The latter, devoting himself to painting, executed many works at Roberto, a very famous township in the Trentino, and many pictures at Verona, which are dispersed among the houses of private citizens. He also painted many works in the valley of the Adige above Verona, and a panel picture of St. Nicholas, with many animals, at Sacco, opposite to Rovereto, with many others, after which he finally died at Rovereto, where he had gone to live. This master was particularly excellent in making animals and fruits, of which many very beautiful drawings executed in miniature were taken to France by the Veronese Mondella and many of them were given by agnolo the son of giovanni antonio to messer girolamo leoni a venetian gentleman of noble spirit but to come at last to giovanni maria the brother of giovanni antonio he learned the rudiments of painting from his father whose manner he rendered no little better and grander although even he was not a painter of much reputation as is evident from the chapels of the Maffe and of the Emiliae in the Duomo of Verona, from the upper part of the cupola of St. Nazaro, and from works in other places, this master, recognizing the little value of his work in painting, and delighting beyond measure in architecture, set himself with great diligence to study and draw all the antiquities in his native city of Verona. He then resolved to visit Rome and to learn architecture from its marvelous remains, which are the true masters, and he made his way to that city and stayed there twelve whole years. That time he spent, for the most part, in examining and drawing all those marvelous antiquities, searching out in every place all the ground plans that he could see and all the measurements that he could find. Nor did he leave anything in Rome, either buildings or their members, such as cornices, capitals, and columns of whatsoever order, that he did not draw with his own hand with all the measurements and he also drew all the sculptures which were discovered in those times insomuch that when he returned to his own country after those twelve years he was rich in all the treasures of his art and not content with the things in the city of rome itself he drew all that was good and beautiful in the whole of the roman campagna going even as far as the kingdom of naples the duchy of spoleto and other parts it is said that giovan maria being poor and therefore having little wherewith to live or to maintain himself in rome used to spend two or three days every week in assisting some painter with his work and with his earnings since at that time masters were well paid and living was cheap he was able to live the other days of the week pursuing the studies of architecture 
thus then he drew all those antiquities as if they were complete reconstructing them in his drawings from the parts and members that he saw from which he imagined all the other parts of the buildings and all their perfection and integrity and all with such true measurements and proportions that he could not make an error in a single detail having returned to verona and finding no opportunity of exercising himself in architecture since his native city was in the throes of a change of government giovan maria gave his attention for the time to painting and executed many works on the house of the della torre family he painted a large escutcheon crowned by some trophies and for two german noblemen counsellors of the emperor maximilian he executed in fresco some scenes from the scriptures on a wall of the little church of st giorgio and painted their life-size portraits of those two germans one kneeling on one side and one on the other he executed a number of works at mantua for signor luigi gonzaga and some others at osimo in the march of ancona and while the city of verona was under the emperor he painted the imperial arms on all the public buildings and received for this from the emperor a good salary and a patent of privilege from which it may be seen that many favours and exemptions were granted to him both on account of his good service in matters of art and because he was a man of great spirit brave and formidable in the use of arms with which he might likewise be expected to give valiant and faithful service and all the more because he drew after him on account of the great credit that he had with his neighbours the whole mass of the people who lived in the borgo di san zeno a very populous part of the city in which he had been born and had taken a wife from the family of the provali for these reasons then he had all the inhabitants of his district as his following and was called throughout the city by no other name but that of the redhead of san zeno now when the city again changed its government and returned to the rule of its ancient masters the venetians giovan maria being known as one who had served the party of the emperor was forced to seek safety in flight and he went therefore to trento where he passed some time painting certain pictures finally however when matters had mended he made his way to padua where he was first received in audience and then much favoured by the very reverend monsignor bembo who presented him not long afterwards to the illustrious messer luigi cornaro a venetian gentleman of lofty spirit and truly regal mind as is proved by his many magnificent enterprises this gentleman who in addition to his other truly noble qualities delighted in the study of architecture the knowledge of which is worthy of no matter how great a prince had therefore read the works of vitruvius leon battista alberti and others who have written on the subject and he wished to put what he had learned into practice and when he saw the designs of falconetto and perceived with what profound knowledge he spoke of these matters and rendered clear all the difficulties that can arise through the variety of the orders of architecture he conceived such a love for him that he took him into his own house and kept him there as an honoured guest for twenty-one years which was the whole of the rest of giovanni maria's life during this time falconetto executed many works with the help of the same messer luigi the latter desiring to see the antiquities of rome on the spot even as he had seen them in the drawings of giovanni maria went to rome taking him with him and there he devoted himself to examining everything minutely having him always in his company after they had returned to padua a beginning was made with building from the design and model of falconetto that most beautiful and ornate logia which is in the house of the cornari near the santo and the palace was to be erected next after the model made by messer luigi himself in this logia the name of giovanni maria is carved on a pilaster 
the same architect built a very large and magnificent doric portal for the palace of the captain of that place and this portal is much praised by every one as a work of great purity he also erected two very beautiful gates for the city one of which called the porta di st giovanni and leading to vincenza is very fine and commodious for the soldiers who guard it and the other which is very well designed was called the porta savonarola he made likewise for the friars of st dominic the design and model of the church of st maria delle grazie and laid the foundations and this work as may be seen from the model is so beautiful and well designed that one of equal size to rival it has perhaps never been seen up to our own day in any other place and by the same master was made the model of a most superb palace for signor girolamo savorgnano at his well-fortified stronghold of usopo in fruili for which all the foundations were then laid and it had begun to rise above the ground when by reason of the death of that nobleman it was left in that condition without being carried further but if this building had been finished it would have been a marvel about the same time falco netto went to pola in istria for the sole purpose of seeing and drawing the theatre amphitheatre and arch that are in that most ancient city he was the first who made drawings of theatres and amphitheatres and traced their ground plans and those that are to be seen particularly in the case of verona came from him and were printed at the instance of others after his designs giovan maria was a man of exalted mind and being one who had never done anything else but draw the great works of antiquity he desired nothing save that there should be presented to him opportunities of executing works similar to those in greatness he would sometimes make ground plans and designs for them with the very same pains that he would have taken if he had been commissioned to put them into execution at once and in this he lost himself so much so to speak that he would not deign to make designs for the private houses of gentlemen either in the country or in the city although he was much besought to do so giovan maria was in rome on many occasions besides those described above whence that journey was so familiar to him that when he was young and vigorous he would undertake it on the slightest opportunity persons who are still alive relate that falling one day into a discussion with a foreign architect who happened to be in verona about the measurements of i know not what ancient cornice in rome after many words giovanni said i will soon make myself certain of this matter and then went straight to his house and set out on his way to rome this master made for the cornaro family two very beautiful designs of tombs which were to be erected in st salvatore at venice one for the queen of cyprus a lady of that family and the other for cardinal marco cornaro who was the first of that house to be honoured with that dignity and in order that these designs might be carried out a great quantity of marble was quarried at carrara and taken to venice where the rough blocks still are in the house of the same cornari giovan maria was the first who brought the true methods of building and of good architecture to verona venice and all those parts where before him there had not been one who knew how to make even a cornice or a capital or understood either the measurements or the proportions of a column or of any order of architecture as is evident from the buildings that were erected before his day this knowledge was afterwards much increased by fra giocondo who lived about the same time and it received its final perfection from messer michel san michel insomuch that those parts are therefore under an everlasting obligation to the people of verona in which city were born and lived at one and the same time these three most excellent architects to them there then succeeded sansovino who not resting content with architecture 
which he found already grounded and established by the three masters mentioned above also brought thither sculpture to the end that by its means their buildings might have all the adornments that were proper to them and for this a debt of gratitude if one may use such a word is due to the ruin of rome by reason of which the masters were dispersed over many places and the beauties of these arts communicated throughout all europe giovan maria caused some works in stucco to be carried out in venice and taught the method of executing them some declare that when he was a young man he had the vaulting of the chapel of the santo at padua decorated with stucco by tiziano da padova and many others and also had similar works executed in the house of the cornari which are very beautiful he taught his work to two of his sons ottaviano who was like him also a painter and provolo alessandro his third son worked in his youth at making armour and afterwards adopted the calling of a soldier he was three times victor in the lists and finally when a captain of infantry died fighting valiantly before turin in piedmont having been wounded by a harquebus ball giovan maria on his part after being crippled by gout finished the course of his life at padua in the house of the aforesaid messer luigi cornaro who always loved him like a brother or rather like his own self and to the end that there might be no separation in death between the bodies of those whose minds had been united together in the world by friendship and love of art messer luigi had intended that giovan maria should be laid to rest beside himself in the tomb that was to be erected for his own burial together with that most humorous poet rosante his very familiar friend who lived and died in his house but i do not know whether this design of the illustrious cornaro was ever carried into effect giovan maria was a fine talker pleasant and agreeable in conversation and very acute in repartee insomuch that cornaro used to declare that a whole book could have been made with his sayings and since although he was crippled by gout he lived cheerfully he preserved his life to the age of seventy-six dying in fifteen thirty four he had six daughters five of whom he gave in marriage himself and the sixth was married by her brothers after his death to bartolomeo ridolfi of verona who executed many works in stucco in company with them and was a much better master than they were this may be seen from his works in many places and in particular at verona in the house of fiorio della seta on the ponte nuovo in which he decorated some apartments in a very beautiful manner there are others in the house of the noble counts canossi which are amazing and such also are those that he executed in the house of the Morati near saint nazaro and for signor giovan battista della torre for cosimo moneta the veronese banker at his beautiful villa and for many others in various places all works of great beauty palladio most excellent of architects declares that he knows no person more marvellous in intention or better able to adorn apartments with beautiful designs in stucco than this bartolomeo ridolfi not many years since spitek giordan a nobleman of great authority with the king of poland took bartolomeo with him to that king and there enjoying an honourable salary he has executed as he still does many works in stucco large portraits medallions and many designs for palaces and other buildings with the assistance of a son of his own who is in no way inferior to his father the elder francesco de liburi of verona lived some time before liberale although it is not known exactly at what date he was born and he was called dai libri because he practised the art of illuminating books his life extended from the time when printing had not yet been invented to the very moment when it was beginning to come into use 
since therefore there came to him from every quarter books to illuminate a work in which he was most excellent he was known by no other surname than that of di libri and he executed great numbers of them for the reason that whoever went to the expense of having them written which was very great wished also to have them adorned as much as was possible with illuminations this master illuminated many choral books all beautiful which are at verona in st giorgio and st maria in organo and in st nazaro but the most beautiful is a little book or rather two little pictures that fold together after the manner of a book on one side of which is st jerome a figure executed with much diligence and very minute workmanship and on the other is st john in the isle of patmos depicted in the act of beginning to write his book of the apocalypse this work which was bequeathed to count agostino giuisti by his father is now in st leonardo a convent of canons regular of which don timoteo giuisti the son of that count is a member finally after having executed innumerable works for various noblemen francesco died content and happy for the reason that in addition to the serenity of mind that his goodness brought him he left behind a son called girolamo who was so excellent in art that before his death he saw him already a much greater master than himself this girolamo then was born at verona in the year fourteen seventy two and at the age of sixteen he painted for the chapel of the lisci and st maria in organo an altarpiece which caused such marvel to every one when it was uncovered and set in its place that the whole city ran to embrace and congratulate his father francesco and this picture is a deposition from the cross with many figures and among them many beautiful weeping heads the best of all are a madonna and a saint benedict which are much commended by all craftsmen and he also made therein a landscape with a part of the city of verona drawn passing well from the reality then encouraged by the praises that he had heard given to his work girolamo painted the altar of the madonna and saint paolo in a masterly manner and also the picture of the madonna with saint anne which is placed between the saint sebastian of il moro and the saint rocco of cavazuola in the church of the scala for the family of the zoccoli he painted the great altarpiece of the high altar in the church of the vittoria and for the family of the cipolli the picture of saint onofrio which is near the other and is held to be both in design and in colouring the best work that he ever executed for saint leonardo nel monte also near verona he painted at the commission of the cartieri family the altarpiece of the high altar which is a large work with many figures and much esteemed by every one above all for its very beautiful landscape now a thing that has happened very often in our own day has caused this work to be held to be a marvel there is a tree painted by girolamo in the picture and against it seems to rest the great chair on which the madonna is seated this tree which has the appearance of a laurel projects considerably with its branches over the chair and between the branches which are not very thick may be seen a sky so clear and beautiful that the tree seems to be truly a living one graceful and most natural very often therefore birds that have entered the church by various openings have been seen to fly to this tree in order to perch upon it and particularly swallows which had their nests among the beams of the roof and likewise their little ones many persons well worthy of credence declare that they have seen this among them don giuseppe mangiuoli of verona a person of saintly life who has twice been general of his order and would not for anything in the world assert a thing that was not absolutely true and also don girolamo volpini likewise the veronese and many others in st maria in organo where was the first work executed by girolamo he also painted two saints on the outer side of one of the folding doors of the organ the other being painted by francesco morone his companion and on the inner side a manger and afterwards he painted the picture that is opposite to his work 
containing the nativity of our lord with shepherds landscapes and very beautiful trees but most lifelike and natural of all are two rabbits which are executed with such diligence that each separate hair may actually be seen in them he painted another altar-piece for the chapel of the buonalivi with a madonna seated in the centre two other figures and some angels below who are singing then in the ornamental work made by fra giovanni da verona for the altar of the sacrament the same girolamo painted three little pictures after the manner of the miniatures in the central picture is a deposition from the cross with two little angels and in those at the sides are painted six martyrs kneeling towards the sacraments three in each picture these being saints whose bodies are deposited in that very altar the first three are cantius cantianus and cantianilla who were nephews of the emperor diocletian and the others are protus chirosogenus and anastasius who suffered martyrdom at aquae gradatae near aquelia and all these figures are in miniature and very beautiful for girolamo was more able in that field of art than any other master of his time in lombardy and in the state of venice girolamo illuminated many books for the monks of montescaglioso in the kingdom of naples some for saint giustina at padua and many others for the abbey of praia in the territory of padua and also some at candiana a very rich monastery of the canons regular of saint salvatore to which place he went in person to work although he would never go to any other place while he was living there don giulio clovio who was a friar in that place learned the first rudiments of illumination and he has since become the greatest master of that art that is now alive in italy girolamo illuminated at candiana a sheet with Kairi, which is an exquisite work and for the same monks the first leaf of a psalter for the choir with many things for saint maria and organo and for the friars of saint giorgio in verona he executed likewise some other very beautiful illuminations for the black friars of saint nazaro at verona but that which surpassed all the other works of this master which are all divine was a sheet on which was depicted in miniature the earthly paradise with adam and eve driven forth by the angel who is behind them with a sword in his hand one would not be able to express how great and how beautiful is the variety of the trees fruits flowers animals birds and all the other things that are in this amazing work which was executed at the commission of don giorgio cacciamale of bergamo then prior of saint giorgio in verona who in addition to the many other courtesies that he showed to girolamo gave him sixty crowns of gold this work was afterwards presented by that father to a roman cardinal at that time protector of his order who showed it to many noblemen in rome and they all declared it to be the best example of illumination that had ever been seen up to that day girolamo painted flowers with such diligence and made them so true so beautiful and so natural that they appeared to all who beheld them to be real and he counterfeited little cameos and other engraved stones and jewels in such a manner that there was nothing more faithfully imitated or more diminutive to be seen among his little figures there are seen some as in his imitations of cameos and other stones that are no larger than little ants and yet all the limbs and all the muscles can be perceived so clearly that one who has not seen them could scarcely believe it girolamo used to say in his old age that he knew more in his art than that he had ever known and saw where every stroke ought to go but that when he came to handle the brushes they went the wrong way because neither his eye nor his hand would serve him any longer he died on the second of july in the year fifteen fifty five at the age of eighty three and was laid to rest in the burial place of the company of saint biagio and saint nazaro he was a good and upright man who never had a quarrel or dispute with any one and his life was very pure 
he had besides other children a son called francesco who learned his art from him and executed miracles of illumination when still a mere lad so that girolamo declared that he had not known as much at that age as his son knew but this young man was led away from him by a brother of his mother who being passing rich and having no children took him with him to vincenza and placed him in charge of a glass furnace that he was setting up when francesco had spent his best years in this his uncle's wife dying he fell from his high hopes and found that he had wasted his time for the uncle took another wife and had children by her and thus francesco did not become his uncle's heir as he had thought to be thereupon he returned to his art after an absence of six years and after acquiring some knowledge set himself to work among other things he made a large globe four feet in diameter hollow within and covered on the outer side which was of wood with a glue made of bullock's sinews which was of a very strong admixture so that there should be no danger of cracks or other damage in any part this sphere which was to serve as a terrestrial globe was then carefully measured and divided under the personal supervision of fracastoro and berondi both eminent physicians cosmographers and astrologers and it was to be painted by francesco for messer andrea navigiero a venetian gentleman and a most learned poet and orator who wished to make a present of it to king francis of france to whom he was about to go as ambassador from his republic but navigiero had scarcely arrived in france after a hurried journey when he died and this work remained unfinished a truly rare work it would have been thus executed by francesco with the advice and guidance of two men of such distinction but it was left unfinished as we have said and what was worse in its incomplete condition it received some injury i know not what in the absence of francesco however spoiled as it was it was bought by messer bartolomeo lonici who has never consented to give it up to any one although he has been much besought and offered vast prices before this francesco had made two smaller globes one of which is in the possession of mazanti archpriest of the duomo of verona and the other belonged to count raimondo della torre and is now in the hands of his son count giovan Battista, who holds it very dear because this one also was made with the measurements and personal assistance of fracastoro who was a very familiar friend of count raimondo finally growing weary of the extraordinary labor that miniatures demand francesco devoted himself to painting and to architecture in which he became very skilful executing many works in venice and in padua about that time the bishop of tournai a very rich and noble fleming had come to italy in order to study letters to see the country and to learn our manners and ways of living this man delighting much in architecture and happening to be in padua became so enamoured of the italian method of building that he resolved to take the modes of our architecture with him to his own country and in order to facilitate this purpose he drew francesco whose ability he had recognized into his service with an honourable salary meaning to take him to flanders where he intended to carry out many magnificent works but when the time came to depart poor francesco who had caused designs to be made of all the best and greatest and most famous buildings in italy was overtaken by death while still young and the object of the highest expectations leaving his patron much grieved by his loss francesco left an only brother in whom being a priest the di libri family became extinct after producing in succession three men most excellent in their field of art nor have any disciples survived them to keep this art alive excepting the above-mentioned churchman don giulio who as we have related learned it from girolamo when he was working at candiana where the former was a friar and this don giulio has since raised it to a height of excellence which very few have reached and no one has ever surpassed 
I knew for myself some of the facts about the excellent and noble craftsmen mentioned above, but I would never have been able to learn the whole of what I have related of them if the great goodness and diligence of the reverend and most learned Fra Marco de' Medici of Verona, a man profoundly conversant with all the most noble arts and sciences, and with him Danese Cataneo of Carrara, a sculptor of great excellence, both being very much my friends, had not given me that complete and perfect information which I have just written down, to the best of my ability for the convenience and advantage of all who may read these our lives, and which the courtesy of many friends who have taken pains with the investigation of these matters in order to please me and to benefit the world has been, as it still is, of great assistance to me and let this be the end of the lives of these craftsmen of verona the portraits of each of whom i have not been able to obtain because this full notice did not reach my hands until i found myself almost at the close of my work end of section five